Andrew, thank you so much for joining me on the Momnificent Podcast this evening. How are you? I'm doing well. And there's a picture here. I was having a bunch of camera issues. But I think I almost took like almost 10 minutes. Uh, usually a first yeah. for me, but maybe just getting used to all the recent changes I've had the last several months. But I'm still kicking, so I can't really okay. complain. We could totally do the picture tonight. No worries. And I'm sure our well, This is a good one uh, because my hair is actually, I had to cut it short. Um, one thing, I know, one. It's, I know it's very, probably really specific. It's probably just auti- probably like an autism thing. I want that, want the hair. I usually get my hair get really curry. And I am doing a keynote speaking over in, over in Massachusetts coming up in Springfield, Mass. Yes, so, so in two months, uh, my hair should be at that level of curriness. For, I don't know if that's two or three months because my hair gets curry, especially curry after the two months and then three to four months where dreadnoughts kind of develop. And that's where it's like a good like month period for me to do my haircut. So, um, so in, in my theory, in, judging again, right? by my, like before my haircut one or two weeks ago, I should be able to have it mostly back by the time it's the end of April. So I'm going to see what happens. It's just good it's, for general image image that I'm kind of weakening of myself lately for my accuracy and autism. I love it. And you totally segued because I was going to tell our listeners that you are going to be the upcoming keynote speaker at the autism annual autism connection connections conference, the end of April in Massachusetts. Ooh, so excited for you. Yep, my first my first ever keynote. I first oh keynote. I originally was gonna go through one of my prior organizations, uh, but I was able to kind of switch it to just myself. A lot Love of changes. It. Um I think it's like that late twenty changes that kind of occurs. And I guess it just happened to me at that. And they were really thankful that they were really patient with all the changes I that kind of came up. And they've still cool. been really good to me. So I look forward to it, well, and that is, my that is... current job has been really excited about it. So, good. Kind of working out. So, I look forward to that. That's probably be the highway of my April, especially um, if you know April and the whole like autism month. Yes. Uh, whoever you want to go by acceptance or acceptance and awareness, Aware- awareness. awareness. There it goes. Almost, almost missed that A. I it's know they to, keep to they you, keep changing the users the name. on that one. So, oh, your friend you both, that's fine. Um, too, but there's usually like a bit that month gets really busy for autism work. So events, resource fairs, speakers, and then conferences like that one in Massachusetts. So I look forward to that, and I'm treating myself afterwards to a New Hampshire drive to a video game museum because I want to. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! Well, you will definitely deserve it. That'll be an about, awesome way. Yeah, three hours. And last last year, I went to our town, Massachusetts, for a John Taffer rush night. My best drive I've ever done. So I'm hoping New Hampshire will be able to top it. And I'm just waiting until it gets warmer out. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, I'm so excited and fortunate to have you here with me tonight because I've got parents and teachers and students questions for you to help us navigate this whole entire area. And so um, I'm going to jump right into it because I love uh, what one of the parents said um, about that Autism Connections Conference real fast. I love her quote. She said, it really doesn't matter where your loved one with autism is on the spectrum because the journey is different for everyone. What I know for sure is I need support and community around every corner. And this conference gives me both. I just love that. So Andrew, maybe you can start. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely in agreement. And again, like, they've been doing a lot of good work and I actually almost applied for there even for, they were in Massachusetts and I'm in Connecticut. Would be like a probably bit longer drive than intended, but I'm still keeping tabs on them. And because of me and networking, oh, it's like you okay. have to. 
an opportunity agreement. Yeah. And then just a little disclaimer, if you don't mind me disclaiming, um, I'm only yeah. speaking from my own experiences, so I won't be speaking on anyone else's because that's not how autism works. And no, I don't think there's a lot of people that would do what I do with these type of drives and actually go that far without the turnpike, mind you. Um, I just I kind of do it my style, how I want uh, driving to be, so I don't go on the mass turnpike, which is a nightmare for a lot of people. So yeah, so okay. that's kind of an example of how other other autistics um they might who knows, but I don't want right. to speak over yeah. everyone, especially that individual. Yeah, just a little disclaimer, right. and you can go on the questions now. I just wanted to yeah to hear what parents and professionals, especially professionals, uh, hear the disclaimer before you know some of the yeah, weird internet stuff your can perspective. kick in. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. This is your perspective, your personal experience. So maybe you can just start us off, our listeners off with how, how did you, how, when were you diagnosed? What were the signs? Was it the signs your parents saw or anybody else? Or what was it like for you at that time? Okay, uh, it broke off of will, oh, broke off of there will, you go. But, but the best part is I still have the questions there. So I could probably take a look <laughs> and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, when, when I was diagnosed, diagnosed I was what were the signs? Five? Yeah. I was about, oh, okay. I was down to around five, so not the earliest. This was, I was born in 93, so it was around the 98, 99, maybe even 2000s. You know, it's, that, mm-hmm. it's like that weird time where, where you have materials like uh, Wayman, you also had, you kind of emerging, um, emerging professionals like Stephen Shore and Temple starting to kind of go into the scene and start doing their famous, uh, the famous uh, work of autism. So it's kind of like that time where not everyone knew, like people have a, better idea of what uh what autism was or at least know that autism wasn't like like it was some of the negative uh stereotypes were starting to fall apart and it still still is a lot of work um nowadays so it's that 90s were just that odd time and then signs um let's see i think for one i just had weird weird behaviors aside from a lot of uh, speech impediments and even today even today i have to be careful what i say especially at a where I work at a private autism school. And I'm always kind of, I don't want to kind of say something wrong and for a student to kind of take it in a different meaning. So some some speech that still affects me uh, currently. Currently, mm-hmm. and then other signs, the weird behaviors is for some reason, and this is all from my dad's side, uh, memories of the more earlier stuff is kind of a lot more vague or he's kind of like a krell. But there are times where I have sugar packets under restaurant tables. Don't ask me why I did that. But I do kind of joke about it. I do kind of joke about it in some settings. And was it your parents that noticed the most of the signs to then, then, then what did they do with it? Or was it like teachers telling your parents like, like, Hey, we're noticing this and it's, here's what's typical and what, what, what we're noticing or who, who, who kind of was the ones who observed it the most. And then, and then who did they take the the information to? I imagine I am, I'm probably imagine mix of both. And then my dad, Probably, but mostly just mostly just dad. Probably just kind of noticed and kind of went to. I assume probably doctors, kind of like the those like medical uh, centers, and then the schools. I switched mm-hmm. schools on and off. I was mostly in a public setting, along with some special education rooms. Yeah, in the mix for majority of majority of the of the grade school uh, period, including a sec- post secondary school as too. So probably like a mix of mix of both. I think I still have some of the early uh, dinosaur papers, which I haven't really looked at too much, but I've read the most uh, recent on my end. Just happened to find. I was like, no, what? Sure, why not? Oh, okay. So you were di- they you were diagnosed at five years old or around five years old is when they started kind of noticing these these different behaviors, right? And I know the next question. This is going to be personal to you because I know you can't speak on behalf of all kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What would you say 
for yourself are the top three truths you as a kid with autism wished people knew? I almost want to say the first truth is just kind of how everyone's different. Um, that honestly, I know that's probably more of a recent truth, but still technically a, a truth, to be honest. Like everyone's like really different. Like yeah. everyone's kind of really different, different like experiences. And don't just like put everybody in the same bucket. Yeah. Like, what do they say when you meet one student with autism? You you yep. met one uh, individual one. with autism. Famous one right. from Stephen Shore, and still true to this day. And then the the second, and I then again trying not to speak over an entire population, and it can be quite tough. But I guess the second truth is just oh, I think I gotta go on without me trying to generalize. It's just kind of truth is just being, of just being like encouraging, like of like it's okay to find like several different tools that can help people. Oh, right, okay. different like strategies of how like one can connect to like an autistic person. And there's a lot of numerous ways. And even at my even at the jobs I kind of been like I kind of discovered those nuances when I work directly with people, I kind of find ways I can end up connecting with them. And there's more than one way. There's no one fixed way because, again, that's not how autism works. Um, there's a book and movie I love that I absolutely love for autism books. And I've looked at, you know, the best autism books there. And it's kind of underrated on um, Life Animated. It's the one where... Uh, Life this, Animated? Uh, yes. Life okay. Animated is about, uh, it's about a kid uh, during when he was young, uh, lost his voice, and the family, and the one way the, his family and brother can connect with him was watching Disney movies. And as they watched all these Disney movies, they uh, they found out that he was scripting, literally scripting Disney movies. Like they weren't how to talk again through Disney, like almost like Disney scripting. Wow! And can't we can speech that way? It sounds it, it sounds unlikely, but it's a book, it's a movie, and uh, the author. I can mention the author, um, Juan Seskine. Um, okay. He's still active in the autism scene. I think he's speaking at a few different panels this year, so he's still active in the scene. But wow. I recommend that. So it's like that's kind of an example of a different strategy where just those Disney movies just happen to be able to kind of help someone. And I exactly. think as of right now, this kind of spread actually around. And again, it's a book and a movie where um, his name is Owen. He literally went to the, uh, Disney Studios. And he got to meet, um, like, the voice actors of some of the movies, like uh, Aladdin's uh, Jafar, for example. Wow. And also also the parrot, Iago, the, the parrot okay. from the same movie. And that yeah. actually, actually has a comedy, uh, I think it has a Comedy Central, no, maybe not Comedy Central, but some sort of Saturday Night Live where, and this person is really good with, with kind of how really good at the voice acting like almost sounds exact like it's kind of a little eerie but it's like really creaky you know? right yeah but yeah so and, like embracing like different strategies because they would have not found out if they didn't tap into the whole disney movies and i guess a third one before on um, before i start lumbering on and do you want me do you want me to consider um when we go into the teen side or you just want the kids yeah side? no go for it Put it, the teen side it is above the lifespan and and almost out of ideas on the kid side. I specialize a lot more in teenagers and young adults. Yeah, so that could yeah, be no, tell me, tell me a teen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love this it. This is more employment-wise is, I guess, one trips, and this is rather, and again, trying not to generalize, but not everyone is tech shabby. <laughs> because you see a lot of various programs, which do good work, mind you. Like, there's Google, mm -hmm. there's Microsoft, and a bunch of other organizations that are jumping in as well. Uh, the only thing is uh, some places can be very tech heavy and, you know, there's like a, don't want to say it's a stereotype, but 
um, you see these similar things of how people are good with numbers or good with technology or IT and this and that. And then reality, everyone just has different uh, job passions or at least passions that could connect to a job setting. So don't like, assume that. Yeah, because, you know, stereotypes and that kind of make it awkward for someone else techie. that's like trying to do something different. Let's say, let's say, I'm, I'm trying to think of something, maybe like a, kind of, like that's a train, but yeah. I can't speak to a train conductor, try not to use my own, but I yeah. guess I could use my own experience because yeah. I wanted to kind of specialize in kind of disability or like transition to like adulthood, like around that age group. And I yeah. have no crew, I had no crew how it was look like because again, joining a job field that requires socialization seems almost like an oxymoron. And the more I got into the field, man, because I was majoring that as an associate's degree, uh, which was called disability specialist, I found out I wasn't, like, I wasn't the only one. And it kind of made me, and it also kind of made me realize that I don't really have to believe in that stereotype. That's and really honestly, awesome. It's kind That's of like, a couple, kind of a bunch of choice words I can't say here. And that was like really funny, right? Let your imagination fill in the gaps on the word I can't say here. So I let all of your parents and professionals have fun with that one. So you, it was just freeing for you, wasn't it? That you yeah, didn't have to I, like think like you had to be like everybody else thought it should be. Something like that. It was just something that it just by this point I already made enough commitment and I can't really back down. So That's really and awesome. I don't have to be in the, I guess, probably cliche, I don't have to be in the box. So yeah, right. No one likes to be in the box. So here, here's one, Andrew. One parent asked, what does it feel like to have autism? If you could describe that. What, like, what would you help us understand what, what a child or maybe a teen is feeling? Hmm, tough one because it's different for everyone else. And it could also be human oh, yeah. experience. But autism can be a lot of things. Like it has, I kind of go by characteristics. I know people, some people do function labels. Not everyone likes that. And other people use level supports. I tend to use that. Okay. And I guess at times, I kind of just, like, it is a part of me. I just kind of value other stuff. Like, I kind of look at the whole. Yes. Well, go ahead. I think you cut out. Oh, wait a second. You're good. Human experience of autism. You know, the neurodiversity of movement. While that movement, there's a lot more nuances to that. But I guess that, I... that while there's the communication errors, communication errors that kind of makes it harder to kind of grab certain uh, concepts. I guess that yeah. also just comes in with all just the basic human experience. You know, just trying to find out where in the world do you fit in? Like, where in the world? What is the next steps? And I've been thinking a lot about that uh, since I have all the job changes. I now uh, work at a, a private autism school. That's that so kind of, cool. That kind of made me assess. That kind of made me kind of assess a lot more what I do, especially I'm like halfway in my bachelor's. So it's kind of pretty important that I have to make my money worth it. Wow. I bet Hopefully that answers it, but, it's actually, but it can be rough because autism is a part of me um, for good reason. <laughs> But I right. kind of look at other aspects of myself that I'm kind of like, okay, tie up, like, um, work in for that is part of the autism field. So that technically could be, some people could argue, um, but I am a workaholic in nature and I kind of, more of that, and then also second would be driving, would be driving, I guess, enjoy kind of getting, see it just remains to just be able to move around to places. So cool. Yeah. I love that. So hopefully, hopefully, it make, hopefully it makes sense and something I'm still kind of thinking about on and off. Yeah, yeah. But again, it could also be human experience, but I want to be careful because autism can mean so many things to people. There's a reason there's so many different organizations out there okay. for better or worse or, or just people just trying to figure out where they are in the world. So there's that too. Right. But and then they bring their experience. Philosophical, so. No, this is really good. This is good. So here's another one. What's one thing you would say to a parent 
to help them better support their child with autism, maybe something that you wish your parents had done or something your parents did really well in supporting you that could encourage a parent listening? Tough one, again, I don't want to generalize and in the way that how some could word that, it could sound like that. So let's see. So what, what was something your parents did for you that you felt was like really helpful? I guess the main thing, just kind of give me a chance. Uh, driving, I, I know I'm probably going back and forth for driving because I did a lot of actually sort of driving. For, um, nowadays, I'm kind of looking back into the special ed side. Uh, thinking about that while I'm kind of exploring my options again uh, as of recently. Uh, just like my dad gave me a chance for driving and he was pretty, uh, <laughs> very anxious still. Pretty anxious uh, still. Eventually it got a lot better. He might not say something about me going to those sort of trips, but I leave it up to him because I've been driving for almost five years, which is kind of crazy itself too. But I guess another thing is my, I guess another couple things I will also say to parents is I guess um, use whatever, I guess, their language preferences you want. Or let's say if you're, let's say if a parent has someone who, you know, is like, they know those different terms and please, um, anyone else that's listening to this, uh, don't murder me on the spot because of language preferences. Like someone that may not speak or may use a different communication device. Uh, just use whatever language preferences that and don't try to stress from what other people are telling you what to do, if that makes sense. Because I see this a lot really where, you know, the, the person first language and the uh, identity first debates, which is honestly kind of depressing looking at that. Because the sim- it has the most simplest answer is just going by initial mm-hmm. preference. Like for me, I kind of don't care either way because I see all these other things like, you know, employment or transition to adulthood where I kind of put a lot more value to that. And I guess, in a way, the Rex yeah. preferences still has its place, but it's like it shouldn't have to be the most important thing. So mm-hmm. I would tell parents again: you know your, you know your kids or teens a lot better when a lot better when uh, other people online, especially yeah. again your parents. So I guess tr- like try not to stress a lot from what other people are telling you what to do online, yeah. if that makes sense. That's a good point. Yeah. Hopefully Almost not like just... and hopefully not anyone having pitchforks at me because I know how feisty the community can be. So <laughs> I've seen so it for can, over years. You can, so <laughs> you can follow your intuition. And like you said, you know your kid. And... But please don't stress about language preferences. Like again, you're doing all doing as much as you can and and the last thing you and probably the last thing most people would need is worry about something that's maybe for suspicious, but again, it's really person by person. So so from your experience, what are two things you shouldn't say to someone with autism that maybe hmm. we may or may not know? As teachers, we may or may not know. As a parent or a sibling or someone we know of someone with autism, what are, what are two things you're like, this is helpful if you don't say this. Is there anything you could help guide us? Okay, I think something I've that bothered you. Luckily, I can go based by the questions. So I'm very thankful that you sent the questions ahead of time. But um, first, two things were said, and again, trying not to generalize as much as I can. Yeah, was there something guess, people said that bothered you growing up, or things you wish they didn't say, or I guess something? Two, that- I guess two two things. I guess one is I guess um I guess one thing, and uh, I don't want to bring. I don't want to bring the person who did my evaluation, but I take a little offense to whole, um, like it was kind of like a work assessment. Again, don't want to print pour any like fingers, but it was kind of the way it worded. And, you know, some reports can be, you know, ambiguous at times. Yes. Ambiguous at times. And like 
set for the work for me to do. It was for like a work 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 assessment of like a job like placement. Like okay. work being like unskilled, but the way they said it made it sound like not as worthy. Uh, again, it's years ago, and it's been years since I've looked at it. I imagine like seeing that at age twenty one is a little, little, yeah. little yikes. Didn't feel so good. I know the psychologist was fine because I did interview him years ago, just because, just oh, wow. uh, for the heck of it, and I was bored and wanted to use a bus somewhere before I started driving. So, <laughs> all yeah, right. So I guess again, probably this word, probably. Again, go with positive negatives. Don't ignore the negatives because, again, people grow from that and also keeps, you know, if you go by the professional angle, which professionals know what to look at. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. again, hopefully, no one takes any one ideas from that. And I guess the mm-hmm. second thing is just, I guess, like, like, don't try, I guess, like, don't try something. In reality, most of the things that can get get you to the next step is just trying something, just kind of going ahead and doing that. That's, that's kind of how point. I did. That's how I did the Watertown masking. It did took several months of me looking at routes because I knew again. I know it's a more of a young adult example, maybe not like a kid example. Yeah, but I kind of looked. I kind of looked. I kind of looked at. Okay, is is can I do this without tolls? Because I'm not a tolls person. I'm too lazy to get e pass. I just don't want it. I'm not like dealing with that for the time being. Yeah. So I knew that. Okay, what highways can I use? Am I able to use this? Uh, now I play around on Google Maps. And can I do this without taking breaks? Or oh, what kind of music do I listen to? I listen to a mix of uh, video game music, um, kind of musicals. Mm-hmm. Like I've listened to a couple of musicals, uh, Sweeney Todd being one of them. Uh, the classic Sweeney Todd, the one in the late uh, 70s with uh, Mrs. Potts being uh, Mrs. Lovett. It's, it's an amazing musical. And still a good try. I was able to look oh, up an old recording of said musical, and I was like, wow, this is actually whistleable. I could actually listen to this while driving. I Let's love go. listening to good music when I drive. Um, I love uh, excluding, that. Excluding the bell in, in the musical swing you that's kind of like a bell like that's best, <laughs> not the best sensory-wise. We should take that one out. Um, but if once you know that, you could kind of just meet, maybe mute or at least kind of, you know, turn off the volume a little bit, and then afterwards you can turn, turn back on, so... Okay, that's so good. I kind of need the tools for me to use, okay. and, and okay. after that, yeah, and also I'm a coffee person, so I have like a grab a coffee right before and after the trip. Yes, yeah, I do. I'm a huge iced coffee drinker, so I'm that's, totally- for those type of trips, it's like a must. <laughs> I can totally picture it now. Okay, Andrew, I'm going to jump into the next question. Is that right? Okay, so, sure. if mm-hmm. you could go back in time, what's one thing you wish your teachers or the kids at school knew or understood about you? How about that question? Maybe there was something um, from yeah, your experience true. growing up that if you that you would change if you could with helping us better understand and communicate with the students around us or kids with autism. Um, I guess I'm going to go by the teacher example, and on most part, my teachers were fine when I was kind of growing up. That's awesome. I guess the one maybe going by elementary. I guess yeah. I kind of I'm, I'm trying to give a good example. My memories are kind of vague. Yeah. In the grade school, grade school. Oh, here, say that again. They, say say that again. Wish... I think it cut out. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Go ahead. What was it? I think I missed your statement. I guess I kind of wished. Um, guess both. I guess both te- teachers and kids. Guess kind of. I think kind of maybe tarried the speech a bit more. I think I was made fun for speech several times. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time, and maybe I'm confusing it with something else. Yeah. And I did have habits where I, I was kind of in extended Disney movies for a while. A lot more when intended, so that might be a factor. It's been a long time, so uh, bear yeah. with me. Okay. No, um, if you want to use the most I recent example, I kind of wish um, the internet was more understanding of me. <laughs> in what way? You know, I'm not kind of cutting out every now and then. It's also kind of a joke. Because of <laughs> the know. Wi-Fi? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little annoying. I know. You're good. Time, but luckily, it's still okay. We're doing good. I just wanted to afford it. Yeah, you're, we're making it through. What are we going to do? Technology, it's our, sometimes it's our yeah. friend, sometimes it's not. We just got to make the best of it. But and I know Amazon. our audience totally understands because we've all been in that mm-hmm. situation. Um, all right, here, I just have two more here. An no, autism no teacher, okay, asked me, what is something that your childhood self would tell your adult self today? Something you wish you had learned or been exposed to as a child with autism. That's a good one. I believe my child, my my child self, would be shocked at what I'd be doing because <gasps> back then I'd be like That's... Pokemon, Pokemon, Nintendo video games, right? yeah, and the movies, and they look at everything I do. And one one thing you could look at on LinkedIn, you kind of see like a history. I'm not sure. Be quite shocked to be like, how do you do this? That's like, awesome. What do I changed? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. That's probably See? the best way because you totally broke through because any I was boundaries. Like, I was like quiet. I got some friends back now in the middle school or high school, yeah. and not that many of us, uh, I guess, employment direction. And then went from that to doing all this, and then even right now, despite kind of job change that occurred uh, last year, like I'm kind of looking at what I can do if I'm still okay with uh, the psychology degree I'm after for. Um, for uh, bachelors, so kind of figure out my options and just kind of That's assuming, awesome. um, assuming public speaking while I don't have my previous identities uh, nowadays. Okay, and so where do you get your strong work ethic from? You said you were a workaholic. Who do you get that from? A lot of different resources on um, stories and video games. Uh, just bear with me. There's some really interesting stories that kind of go after the gray side. Um, knowing some, knowing some friends of mine, um, there will probably be. Uh, maybe like snickering or laughing, they probably know me that well on that. So I'm going to hold off there. And I do mention a couple that I've always mentioned. And most recently, um, that's probably what I've been watching through the pandemic is uh, John Taffer's uh, Bar Rescue. Reality TV, um, bear with me. But believe it or not, in my outreaching, when I reach out to people, I bring up um, Bar Rescue. It, it works like all the time. It just, pe- okay. just people can relate well- to that. <laughs> I don't think it's fair that you you work so much. And as much as I work, I don't take time to watch a lot of videos and, and TV. And anyway, I'm always behind the eight ball when people are like, did you see such and such? And I'm like, no. Because I, no, I spend my time pretty hot together like this <laughs> with you. <laughs> that's a good, the good things with the, like that show and then also go romantic like you could wear a bunch even for reality oh. tv you could take in a bunch of things fun those shows uh hell's kitchen kitchen nightmares and then obviously bar rescue scripted at times but it's like you, you could still take the lessons like you could kind of see the lessons and when you like look at the actual personalities with franzi and taffer it's like you kind of pick up on a lot of things. They also have some really good books. And one book I absolutely love from John Tuffer, but I can't say the title because it has a few choice stewards. Again, I can't words. stay here. Just search up, just search up a okay. John Tuffer book and you'll we be fine. Ch- there. <laughs> we'll leave it there. We'll, we got the author name. Okay, so here, yeah. here's a last really fun question. I'm not sure if I added this after I sent it to you. If you were given a million dollars, and a magic wand to help families who have a child with autism. What would you do? Oh, we're going, there could be a lot of different ways. <laughs> just a name a couple. Ways you can the go top one's <laughs> off your head. No right or wrong answer. It's just a fun question. I guess kind of a, I guess like a transportation like business that keeps going and offers like different uh, choices. With ones worrying about buses, uh, driving. Because I did want a driving program for a year. Um, a lot of 
uh, some mixed success and some things I could have done better. Uh, like, I kind like, of wouldn't mind having a more successful version of that, but kind of more transportation in general. So maybe you would provide like options. So if, if you don't like to fly, you can take the train. If you don't like the train, you could take the car. Like oh, that kind, kind of, of like uh, readiness or kind of like readiness skills, you know, like readiness skills. Yes. Like you would provide I like tried every. That. I tried that yeah. on the market for the driving side. It, was it not really ready or was going oh. at a different port and then job okay. changers came by. So um, that program's currently on hold. So I'm just kind of taking a little step back. I'm still talking about driving in my keynote speaking. And I'm so still cool. always up for going over my driving experiences. So, so it's not in, not in the side, it's not in the, in the closet. It's just kind of more sidelines while I'm kind of looking at my general direction. Because I've already made a reputation with me and driving um, LinkedIn. You could probably search me up and you know it's a bunch of driving uh, materials I worked on. So, so Andrew, from that. And, and so now how can someone find and follow you? Where should they go? It's still currently in development. I'm kind of looking, I'm designing a public speaking like website because I want people to be able to find me and kind of set up times where I could go directly to them. Uh, yeah. New England wise, because I know it might be a bit hard for someone from California to reach out to me and have me go over there, which seems unrealistic, unless uh, Rabidars, that's one thing entirely. So that website's still in development. and okay. But the main website is to go on my LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn page. It's public. I've always tried awesome. to post a lot of various different uh, like work I do or this post I generally really like. I like the similar uh, content I, tend, I talked about here. Not yeah. so much Jabbar Rescue, unfortunately not that. Unfortunately not that, yeah. but kind of more autism and disability Pacific. Or just resources I tend I end up finding. I cool. see still see a lot even after uh, job changes and all. Yeah. So is and there I can any... provide a link over to you as well in case any yeah. listeners want to have it too. But anyway, sorry Perfect. interrupting. I'm... Go ahead. No, and then I can put it in the description notes of this show. So wherever you're listening, it should be um, below this episode. And Andrew, what's the last thing you would like to leave our listeners with today? Definitely. Um, keep doing good work. And I guess the best way, again, trying not to generalize again, I know I've been saying this a lot, but I really don't want to speak over anyone, is start, start thinking early. Um, start thinking a little early of what, you, what I guess your kid wants to do or when say kid goes to like age uh, 21 like get a head start because for majority of states um the special ed services they do kind of end at at that graduation age so if you're able to look at stuff early or connect it with your state's autism re- autism resources like it's probably like it'll put you in a better uh position okay. and also that's what to be able to kind of plan ahead because i don't think i have to don't think i have to mention you know the the struggles or the kind of the cliff as they call it but i haven't really said it that way in a long time but you know like those transition troubles that come up that luckily the last few years uh people have been catching on to that so if you're able to kind mm-hmm. of get a lot of you know the financial planning and all that um set up or the life skills after uh, high school you'll be in a better spot that's a really good point. Well, Andrew, I wish you all the best in all your su- studies. The school that you're in is so fortunate to have you. And thank you so much for just taking the time to share with the listeners on this episode live with us tonight and anybody listening after. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Always happy to show up and still kind of like going to show up to various uh, podcasts. And we'll 
definitely and intend to kind of show up for a lot more. And again, I'm hoping to have my website come up at some point. I don't want to give out a date because I want to kind of end up uh, breaking something. But eventually, eventually, <laughs> in, at some point in this first half of the year, will be something where I can post and it'd be like a, you know, like, the, you know, like one of those like autism Africa pages. Yeah, but kind of, awesome. kind of in my own style. So expect a different oh. post. I'm always trying to be uh, gray-minded as possible, despite the my tendencies I do have every now and then. Well, I can't wait to see it. I know it's going to be awesome. Well, thanks again, Thank Andrew. You.